Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Chapter 15, verse 21 says this. Are you ready? Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord. Now, I want you to hear this. Many of you have read this a hundred times, but I'm going to give you something fresh out of this. This woman, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Watch this. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. How many of you are parents that are contending for your kids? I want you to put yourself in this story. My daughter's pleading with the Lord. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Maybe you're not pleading for your son or your daughter because maybe you're 19 years old. They don't have a daughter yet. But maybe you're pleading for your own self or maybe you're pleading for a family member. So she's coming. I want you to see this because I'm going to break the scripture down. Coming to Jesus, have mercy. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. 2017 version, Jesus, my family needs a breakthrough. Watch. Watch this. The shocking things that happen. But he answered her not a word. I'm going to break that down for a second. All right? This comes right after a request. He answers her not a word. And his disciples came and urged Jesus, saying, send her away. Look at this. For she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost house of Israel. Keep going. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he continues. But Jesus answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. I'm going to explain all that in a little bit. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Look at the first. Then Jesus answered her and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done unto you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Can I hear an amen? You're about to go to a journey of something that happened in this story that we could all relate to. Now, I want you to hear me now. I want you to get your Bibles. I want to get your notes because this is a, I'm burning with this message because many people today in this room, many people today on the earth are um, in the position of one of these two women. I was going to say that again. Remember, I gave you permission to say amen. All of you are in the position of one of these two. You're in one of the two positions of, these, of, the, of this woman. Either A, you are the individual that is pleading to God, maybe even secretly. You are crying out to God for a personal breakthrough in your life. You're contending for something, whether it's a job, whether it's finances, whether it's a new employment, whether it's a new door of a ministry. You're pleading with God for the, the habits or the addictions that you've been secretly uh, uh, wrestling with to have a breakthrough in. Or you're the person diligently praying for someone that is bound and is hurting your heart as well because you know that somebody that, that, that you love is bound by something or you're that person that is contending. Can I hear an amen? So you're one of those two people. And so you're either 
needing for a breakthrough or you're praying for someone that has that needs a breakthrough. Now I need you to hear me now because when we contend in our own lives, either for our own lives or for other people, there you need to know something, church. Are you ready for this? You need to know that there's certain things that are normal that is going to happen. You need to know and do certain things when you're in the posture of waiting, when you're in a posture of seeking. When you're in the posture of contending for a breakthrough, there's certain things you have to know and do. Now watch, this is important. Because when you're contending for a breakthrough in someone else's life or contending for your own breakthrough, here's, the, here's what I want to say to you. Sometimes, you're going to get happy here, but it's not, it's not good news, but it, it's going to free you. When you're contending for someone's life or your own life, sometimes the exact opposite of what you're praying for or what's been prophesied happens. Sometimes the, the exact opposite of what you've been praying for or, or, or what's been prophesied to you or what you're praying to Jesus for, the exact hop opposite starts to happen almost immediately. And I'm here to give you good news. That is normal. You're not some weird, you're not off somewhere. It's actually part of the process. But I'm going to free some of you guys in here this morning because you realize that sometimes obstacles bring great discouragement to people. And those obstacles and trials or the waiting period are, watch this, meant to make you give up the fight of contending. That, that waiting period when you don't see any answers or activity is meant or those obstacles or the, the lack of breakthrough in your life or someone that you're praying for and you still haven't seen breakthrough. It is meant that discourage, to discourage you to give up the fight in the Lord. But here is the thing. What do you do when that obstacle is not, it, it, not demonic? Here, let me tell you. It's easy when the obstacle or the trial or the waiting period or the lack of breakthrough is demonic in nature. It's easy to recognize that. Then we, then we blame the devil, right? Well, if, if someone that you are believing for or even yourself bound by drugs, darkness, witchcraft, or the occult, it's pretty easy to recognize as the devil. Can I, can I hear an amen? But what do you do when the obstacles that are coming to you are coming from things that you're doing right? What happens when the obstacles, the exact opposite of what you're contending for, you're believing, you're fasting, you're praying, and what happens, what do you do when those obstacles come when you're doing the right things? What happens when the obstacles come, watch this, from the church and church people? I'm going somewhere to read the story. If you read the story, this is exactly what happened. What, what happens when the obstacle is coming from people that are supposed to love you? That's supposed to lead you to God. What happens when the church people are hurting you? I'm going to get even deeper now. What do you do when the obstacles that you're facing seemingly are coming from God himself? Watch this now. Because you have to understand that because of his divine love for you, he is relentless. Because he is committed to your maturity and your growth. Are you ready for this? God will on purpose bring testing to you because he's committed to your growth and he's committed to your maturity. You say, oh, my God will never test me. What Bible are you reading? God tested Abraham. God tested Job. God tested Esther. 
to see if Esther would go to the king when she knew every, every bit of, of, of cells in her said, I could die if I go. God tested her to see, are you going to be obedient to the call or are you going to give in to selfishness at this moment? You have to hear me now because these people that were tested didn't feel goosebumps when they were going through the testing. And they were righteous people. God told Abraham, give up your son that you've been waiting for 100 years. Give him up and sacrifice him. He didn't tell him he was going to save him until the very end. He tested the disciples. And I have news for you. He will test you. Because there's a purpose for the testing. Now, why do I say this? Because this story of the Canaanite woman, in Mark chapter 7, they call her the Syrophoenician woman. And I'm going to break that down in a second. There's, there's, there's major obstacles that this Oh, man, I feel like preaching this morning. That this Seraphonician woman had to endure in order to get her breakthrough. And two out of the three obstacles were good things. Are you ready for this? There are three major obstacles that faced the Seraphonician woman when she was crying out to Jesus. Do you know that you're going to face obstacles when you cry out to Jesus? Look at the screen. There are three major obstacles that faced the Syrophoenician woman when she, when she was, listen guys, this is crazy. She wasn't doing drugs at that time. She was crying out to Jesus for deliverance. And when she's crying out for deliverance, in the midst of that, she's facing certain key obstacles that you will face in the waiting period. While you're crying out for yourself or you're crying out for other people, you're going to experience some things. And most of the church is not, uh, has not highlighted the first two. The first two that I'm going to highlight because they have to point to good things. Are you ready for this? The first, are you ready for this? Don't put it up, Zach, until I say it. Are you ready for the first obstacle that the, that the woman faced? While seeking Jesus and you will face, this, I'm serious, I've never preached this before, but you're going to get healed. The first obstacle that this Seraphonician woman faced when she was facing and believing for a breakthrough. Are you ready for this? The silence of God. The season of silence when God is not speaking to you or you don't see any activity from heaven while you're waiting and contending and doing the right thing. The silence of God the Bible says that when she came to Jesus, he looked at her and answered her not a word. What do you do during seasons of silence when you're doing the right thing and you don't see any activity from heaven? What do you do when you're contending for God to speak to you and he is not speaking to you? Or maybe you don't think he's speaking to you, but he is. What do you do in seasons that don't see results in your life and you're praying, you're fasting, and you experience the season of what I call the silence of God? I'm here to tell you the silence of God does not mean the rejection of God. The silence of God does not mean the denial of God. There's a purpose for the season of silence. Oh, that could be so frustrating. But if you don't know that this is an obstacle that you have to go through, when you are contending for something, you will get bitter and angry at God because you think that he's not listening to you. Imagine putting yourself in this Seraphonician woman. You're crying out to God and Jesus makes contact with you and says nothing. I'm going to set some of you free today because some of you are blaming God because you don't hear anything. But there's a purpose there's a purpose for the, for the silence. The truth is that the Lord is indeed listening to you. Can I say something? 
the Lord's silence to this woman was not an indication that, she was, that he wasn't listening. Oh, I'm going to say that again. The Lord's silence was not an indication that Jesus was not listening. There is no mention in Scripture that said he didn't listen to her. He responded but didn't say a word. I'm here to tell you that in your season of silence, the season of the silence of God, where you're not hearing anything, you're not feeling anything, you're not, come on, you ain't talking back to me. When you're doing the right things, when you know that this is normal, then your heart will be protected from being offended at God. When you know that this is normal, you may be limiting the many ways that he's trying to speak to you. Because many of you only think that he's not speaking to you because you think that he speaks in a certain way. And he may be speaking to you through your silence. Through the silence, he may be speaking to you. Oh, man, come on, somebody. It's easy to serve God when you have five different confirmations about your calling and what you're praying about. Come on. Come on. It's easy to, 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 to serve the Lord when you have three or four different confirmations of your prayer list or your testimony. And you have, oh, man, I have all these confirmations. It's easy to serve God when you do that. It's easy to serve God when you feel his presence on a consistent basis. Can I hear an amen? It's easy to serve God when you're experiencing his favor in your life in a real way. Watch. There's, it's easy to serve God when you have peace in your home and your family. What happens when you are contending and the opposite starts to happen of what you're contending for? What happens when you're believing God for stuff and you're quoting the scriptures and you're speaking it back to God and silence? What do you do? Because what you do in that moment reveals the depth of your relationship with God. I'm here to tell you something and encourage you. It's, it's still possible. The great maturity and character comes in your life when you can hear nothing and have no activity from God. Watch this. Not hearing God. Man, I feel that. Not getting anything from God in the season of you contending, like the Seraphonician woman, contending, begging for her daughter. He said not a word. There's a season where God is not going to say a word. You know why? I'm going to say, say why. The reasons why he doesn't say a word at, at times is because there's a special blessing reserved for those who still believe in his promises and still believe who he is through the words that you've already put in your spirit when you see no activity in your life. And I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. There, there, I'm going to say, did you know that there's actually a specific blessing reserved from Jesus to those who continue to follow him without feeling or hearing or seeing him? Do you know that there's a specific blessing in Scripture for that? Look at that next verse. Look at, the, look at John chapter 20. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, I feel the Holy Spirit. Some, something is breaking in your, in your life because it's normal for the I'm here to tell you, it's normal for God to be silent at times in your life. That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong because there's a process that he's about to take you through. Now, Thomas, now you have to remember Thomas who was doubting. In this story that I'm about to tell you, to prove that there's a blessing for those who wait, watch this, for, to, to wait and still believe God and his promises when they don't hear anything. Just before this story, Jesus comes. He's already resurrected. He comes out, and he comes through the walls, and he says, peace to you, to all his disciples. That's a freak out moment right there. Peace to you. Ah! Well, everyone's freaking out. Oh, my God, I saw Jesus. Well, guess who wasn't there? Good old Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. So the Bible says a week later, they were all chilling out. And look, look, this is, this is some of you. When you don't hear God, when you don't hear God, 
You, 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 you question his character or you don't see an activity. Watch this. Look at this. Now, Thomas called the twin. One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. Look at this. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. I love, you know, you can serve the Lord when you've had out-of-body experiences and you went to the third heaven. Of course, who's not going to serve the Lord in that? Oh, man, I saw Jesus face to face. Oh, great. Praise God. Look at this. All the disciples saw him. We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, so Thomas said, unless I see him and touch his hands in the print of his nails and put my finger into the, the print of his nails, I, and, and put my, sorry, my hands into the side, I will not believe. And after eight days, Jesus, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Watch this. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, he said, peace to you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your, your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Watch this. When you don't see activity, when you don't see God, when you don't hear his voice, look at what the blessing is from Jesus himself. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those. He's reserving a special blessing. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. Blessed are those when you don't hear my voice and still believe. Blessed are those when you don't see activity in your life and you're still contending. Blessed are those when, you, when you're believing for finances and things are getting worse as you're praying for finances. You have no finance and you still believe God. Blessed are those when you keep getting knocked down, when you're asking God to keep picking you up. And still believing and, still, and have not things in, 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 in their life. Jesus is prophetically saying here that those that don't necessarily see or hear the activity in heaven and still posture themselves to believe his promises in their life during the season of silence, there's a special blessing for them. Which leads me to my next point. Are you ready for that? I'm gonna, I'm, this is going to help you. Why is God silent at times? I'm going to tell, tell you two things. What are the reasons that God is silent? Put that slide up there, Zach. The reasons that God is silent, are you ready for this? Why is God silent? I want to break it down. In seasons of your life, the reason why God is silent, number one, is because he wants to teach us to walk by faith, not by sight, sound, or feelings. The reason that he is silent, because he's jealous for really what he wants from you. He really wants you to walk by faith, not by sight, sound, or feeling. Say that with me. Sight, sound, or feeling. Sight is what we see, the visions and dreams and, and angels, and, and, and sound is the voice of God. What if you don't ever see any angels? What if you don't ever see Jesus walk into your room? What if, you don't, what if you don't hear an audible voice, maybe for years, talking to you? Do you still love Jesus? He's trying to get the church to walk by faith, not by feelings, not by emotions. That's why he's silent, church. He's doing it on purpose because he's saying you're relying too much on your feelings. You're relying too much on seeing visions. You're relying too much on feeling my presence. You're relying too much on my audible voice. And I am so jealous for you that I want you to come higher because there's a deeper relationship that I want than just feelings, than just, than just signs, than just gold dust. There's, there's depth in me that you have not tapped into because you're just wait. You're basing your relationship on hearing me and on viewing me and on seeing activity. But I'm still that same God. When you see that or not. Come on, church. Come on, church. 
I was talking to my, some of my leaders. I went out to minister in Deland on Friday, and I, was, I took Jose and uh, Stephanie Ramos and, and Corey, and I, I like to every now and then take leaders and just fellowship with them, pour into them. And after we, as we were eating dinner, I said, you know, guys, I've never seen an angel. Remember? I said, I, in all my life, I've never seen an angel. That's right. Pastor George, head pastor of, of Remnant Christian Center, I've never seen an angel. See, see, see how that shocks some of you? Oh, surely he's really spiritual. He must have seen three. We base our spirituality on seeing and hearing. I said, you know, guys, I never saw an angel before. I said, I've never seen Jesus walk into a room. I felt his presence many times, but I've never seen him physically like many people say they have. I've never seen him physically. I've never went to the third heaven and talked to Paul and Abraham and Jesus and all that. But God still uses me in a mighty way. And I still believe him and I still follow him. Blessed are those who hear and believe when you don't see or hear. Come on. This is encouraging to you because the silence of God in your life is an invitation. Say an invitation. To please God by activating one thing, your faith. I'm going to say that again because you just missed saying an amen to that. The silence of God or the seasons of silence in your life is an invitation from the Lord to please him. How? By activating your faith. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Now, uh, everybody remembers uh, Enoch in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it doesn't give a lot of information of Enoch. He just says, Enoch, walk with God. Walk with God. And then he was not, for God took him. End, end of story. I'm like, what, what, what happened to him? The Bible says he walked with God for 360 years. He walked with God, and then he was not, for God took him. And that's it. But through the eyes of Revelation, the writer of Hebrews actually says a little bit more, expounds a little more on Enoch and why, and why he was taken up and why he was able to walk with God so closely. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? In Hebrews 11, verse 5, remember I told you, in the season of silence is an invitation to please. Everybody say please. This is key. It's please. I'm going to say that again. In the, in the season of silence, God is actually inviting you to please him more. How? By activating your faith. You say, how, how is that? That's dumb. Okay, Hebrews 11 verse 5. I'm glad you asked. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not, watch this, found because God took him. Now, that's Old Testament. That's straight uh, 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 a quote from the Old Testament. Watch this. For before he was taken, this is brand new. This information right here is brand new. It wasn't in the Old Testament. Right here. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wait, 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 wait. So how do you please God? Look at the next verse. It says it. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Watch this. For he who comes to God must believe, even in the seasons where you don't see him, must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, even in the dry seasons. Even in the silent seasons, and even when you see activity in your life, something wrong with my microphone here. Even when you don't see activity in your life, the Lord wants you to know it's an invitation to please. How do you please God? It's impossible to please God without faith. And you can't have faith if you're mixing feeling and sound and sight. Sometimes faith is only strong when you see nothing. All you got in you is what you have put in your spirit over time. Come on, amen? And so this is the thing. Now, oh, you're going to love this. You want to know the, another reason why God is silent? The first reason why God is silent, why God is silent, because he, he wants you to please God. And he wants you to eliminate faith, uh, sight, sound, and, and, um, and feelings. But you know the second reason why God is silent? Oh, this is good. Put it up there, Zach. Put up that second slide. 
Because the Lord wants to be pursued without any strings attached in your relationship with him. The reason why God is silent in certain seasons of your life is because he's very jealous of the idols called feelings. The idols called goosebumps that you are requiring in order for you to love God. Jesus wants his people to, to pursue him for who he is, not what we can get out of him. Jesus is silent because he wants his people to come after him to, because of who he is, not for who we can get him. Listen, this principle is no different to me and you. We want our spouse to love us and to go after us and, and, to, and to love us and appreciate us and pursue us without us trying to buy things for them. We want our spouse, oh, you ain't talking back at me. We want our spouse to love us for who we are, not because we buy them things. See, I just ruined some of your relationship right there. Yeah, that's right. I said you got to love that cranky personality of your husband or your wife. That's right. That's right. You got, you got, you got to love, you got to love that, that, that area when they snore and they got bad breath. You don't, you don't got to, you don't got to like desire it, but that's come, that comes with a package. You got to love them for who they are, not because they buy you things. Not because they, they, they take you out. You love them because, you know what, you fell in love with them one time in all their mess, and you didn't see all those flaws, but you want your spouse to love you. Watch this for who you are. Isn't that right? Why do we think God is anything different? The reason why he's silent, because he wants to eliminate what you have put up as little gods in pursuing him, which is feelings, sight, sound. And some of you, you go from sound to sound, sight to sight, conference to conference, this podcast to podcast, to determine your, your depth of relationship with God. What if there's silence? You know why there's silence? He wants you to grow up. There's a point, he says, I've cut the meat for you and you're 20 years old. You need to start putting your spiritual fork on and your spiritual knife and cut your own steak. Get, get into my word. Come on. This is good. And that's actually God's nature. Do you know that it's God's nature to be silent sometimes? You say, wait, 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 come on, but God, come on, come on, come on, Pat. I understand you're trying to give some points, but no, it's actually God's, it's God's glory. Look at Proverbs. Look at what Proverbs says, and I'll show you. Proverbs 25, verse 2. Oh, this is good stuff. He wants real pursuers, not those who have strings attached to them. None of you want strings attached to your relationship, right? Neither does God. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. You better preach, Pastor George. But the glory of kings to search it out. You say, well, that's kings. No, we are priests and kings unto our God, the book of Revelation says. We all are kings and priests. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. One day we will judge angels. One day we will be in the new Jerusalem judging the nations. Don't think that you're not a king. So it's the glory of God to say, I want you. He plays hide and seek. And that hide and seek is a silent season. You know why? Because he wants you to miss him so much that he wants to hide himself from you. So that you probably can see me because I'm a little overweight, but it's all right. <laughs> I gotta go on a fast to do this illustration. He hides himself because he's tired, he's jealous of you, and he doesn't want strings attached. So he hides so that you could be miserable over here, so you can start searching for him. Where are you? Jesus, where are you? Man, I got, I got to go fast. I got to go deeper. I got to get in the Word. I got to get more committed in church. And all of a sudden, your faithfulness comes, and he meets you in the point when you're searching. 
This is good stuff. The second obstacle that this woman had, the first obstacle is the silence of God. Have you been in a, in a season of silence? Come on. It's okay to raise your hand. Half of you need to repent for lying. It's okay. <laughs> well, you know the second obstacle that this woman faced? Are you ready for this? Rejection from the church. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are uncharacteristic obstacles because they're not demonic in nature. You can, you can rebuke demons. You can't rebuke rejection from the church because it's a heart issue. She first received the silence of God. The next obstacle she had to overcome while she's contending was the rejection from, not just rejection, rejection from the people that were supposed to lead you to the Lord. You mean, where do you get that at the church? Because the Bible says the disciples say, and I quote, send her away for her cry irritates us. Another translation says, her, have you ever had a crying baby be, be so loud you're like this? Send that baby away. You know why? That cry was a cry of desperation and it was eerie and, e and, and eeky. Like, help me, help me, help me. The disciples, the church were like, it's an inconvenience for her to continue to cry out. Her cry bothers us. And then, she, then the church told Jesus, send her away. That's like us right now, Remnant Christian Center. Those sinners are bothering us. Send them away, Lord. Like the Lord's going to say, yeah, you're right. Just go ahead and let them burn in hell. It's okay. That's why. No. She experienced the rejection from the church. Hear me now. Look at me. Have you ever experienced rejection from people that are supposed to love you? Have you ever experienced rejection from, from friends that are supposed to love you? From family members that were supposed to love you? I'm going to go slow here. From Christians that are supposed to love you. Have you ever experienced rejection from those who, by the word of God, were supposed to love you? Your father is supposed to love you. Your mom is supposed to love you. Your brother is supposed to love you. Have you ever been experienced rejection from the church? I would dare to say that people that have been backsliding or even still struggling with, the God, with God right now, probably more than 50% of the statistic is because they got wounded by church people. God's very own people at times are the ones that causes the most hurt to others. Put that next slide up there, Zach. I want this to penetrate them because I feel the Holy Spirit speaking. One of the greatest pains that will ever come to your life will be from the people that are supposed to love you the most. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest pains that will ever come to your life will be from the people that are supposed to love you the most. Could anybody say amen to that? Imagine this woman pleading for her daughter. Imagine you pleading for your son and you having to face these two obstacles. Most people would quit at the silence of God alone. But she kept on going. She had a season of silence. And that, mean, that word silence means that, that maybe you're not seeing exactly what you've been praying for. And you're like, God, what's up? You know that I'm serving you. Why are you allowing this to happen? Because he wants to see if your heart is steady. Because listen, the true nature of who you really are will be exposed in time during these times of silence. And then you may, many people will backslide because of the silence. But she didn't even have to go through that. She had to go through the silence and the rejection from church people. 
disciples. Disciples saying, send her away. She's bothering us. In other words, her bondage, I don't, she comes to the altar every time. Let's modernize it. She always gets prayed for. She always calls for counseling. He always wants prayer. Come on, somebody. You ain't saying amen to me. I mean, they're always calling me. They're always calling me. That's what you signed up for. But because they keep calling you, they're bothering you. Now the church is now rejecting those who God died for. The third obstacle. I need the worship team here. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Are you getting something this morning? Is this ministering to you? I, I need the worship team up here, please. If the entire worship team can come up here just to play something in the background. The third obstacle. Say third obstacle. So the first obstacle was what? The silence of God. Say silence. Are you in a season of silence or see? Maybe you've been in years of silence. Number two, have you been rejected by the church, the disciples? Are you ready for the third obstacle? Now, this is something that, that is pretty clear. Put up that third obstacle, up, Zach. She was a sinner and a foreigner of Israel. This third obstacle may not be to some of you, but there is, may, there is existing in the world, which is this. The reason why this person was uh, uh, experienced this third obstacle is because she wasn't a Christian. She wasn't somebody that, that had the, 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 an Israelite. As a matter of fact, she came from Syria, and that's why the, the people here are called Syrophoenicians because they were half Phoenicians and half Syrian. And so Mark chapter 7 calls this woman a Syrophoenician, and the Syrians were one of the chief enemies of God. During the Old Testament, they were the, one of the, like the Philistines, it was the Syrians. She was not only uh, not in the culture of the Israelites, she was a straight sinner. In modern day terms, in, mod in 2017 language, she would be known as an extremely secular and extremely worldly person. In, 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 in 2017 language, she would be known as a notorious sinner. I want you to hear this because this is not going to be preached. This third obstacle is not going to be preached in a lot of churches. Are you ready for this? You have to come to the fact that sin, unrepented sin, distances us from our relationship with God and separates us from God. Nothing can separate it from his love. He still loves you as a sinner, but your heart will be distanced when you have unrepented sin in your life. Come on, I know that. See, I'm going to get amen. The third obstacle is that she had to overcome a sin nature without knowing how to be saved. She cried out for deliverance. Look at what Isaiah says real quick. Let's put that on that screen. Isaiah chapter 52. Just real, real quick. Oh, I want you to see this. Look at what Isaiah says. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Watch this. But your iniquities, the propensity of sin, have what? Come on, say that loud with me. Have what? Your sins or your iniquities have what? separated from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now let me tell you, yes, that's Old Testament, but there's a principle that if you have unrepented, hidden sin in your life, it's going to distance you from God. It is. And this is why we need to re repent. But here's the thing. This woman had, I'm almost closing, had three major obstacles. The silence of God, the season of not understanding the silence. Number two, she had rejection from the people of God, from the church people, from the disciples. And number three, she was an unrepentant sinner. 
three obstacles that would say, no, God is not speaking to me, or even God's people are not speaking to me. It's might as well just take the cards. My daughter's going to be demon-possessed all her life. She goes, no. Watch this. We're talking about more than conquerors. She did not give up until she got the answer that she had. And this is not even a Holy Ghost tongue-talking Christian. This is a worldly person saying, it doesn't matter. I'm going after deliverance. I'm going after freedom. It doesn't matter if I got the silence of God for years. It doesn't matter if, if church people rejected me. I'm still going to go to church. I'm still going to serve. I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to lift my hands. And yes, I got hit and sin in my life, but I know there's a way out. What did she do? We talked about the obstacles. Now you want to know what she did? There's two things that she did. Are you ready? You're going to shout, and we're going to worship, and we're going to pray. And you're going to understand the season of silence. But you've been praying for that thing, and it hasn't come to pass. Do you see why? The first thing she did, are you ready for this? Things that the Syrophoenician woman practiced to overcome adversity and receive the answer to her prayers was number one. She worshiped God, watch this, when things got worse. I know that sounds cliche-ish, but I need you to know, she just didn't worship God when she had money in her bank account. She didn't just worship God when everyone around her, like church, it's easy to serve God when you're church. When, when, when everyone's lifted up their hands and you're like, okay, I guess I'll lift up my hands. She actually made a decision to worship God when she got rejected, sorry, not rejected, had the silence of God. And then when she heard the news of the rejection of the church, then she said, Lord, help me. Most people be like, I'm out. It's done. She worshiped God after the silence and after the rejection. My God, we don't see that today in 2017. Can you truly say that you worship God after you hear silence for years for God and then you got rejected by pastors and leaders and church people? Can you still worship God on purpose? Can you still say, I'm not hearing anything and this church doesn't love me. And I'm not going to feel anything when I lift up my hands, but I'm choosing to worship you because you're good. Can you truly say that when you see no, no activity in your life? Hey. She worshiped God when she saw nothing. Worshiping God during times of silence and rejection actually could have the propensity to tenderize your heart in that process. And it actually sends the answer of the, of the prayer in a way that you don't know it. it's in the invisible realm I remember years ago that there was a story of a woman I said it when I was a youth pastor that she was a, a faithful person in the Lord and she had no money she, you, you could be faithful in the Lord and, have, and struggle financially and she had no food in her in her, um, in her refrigerator in her kitchen and she was one of those praisers that she had the silence of God and I heard a story years ago and, 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 and the church wasn't there for her but so she was in her home she had very little money she had very little food in her in her refrigerator she began to worship God how great is the Lord blessed be the Lord God Almighty and she started singing she would put the, the window open and so when she would put the window open, she would play, play a CD and just worship God. And um, there was an atheist neighbor that was having compassion on her. It's funny because atheists and worldly people sometimes have more compassion than church people. Opened the door and, and, and found out through, through the grapevine that this lady was struggling, this Christian lady was struggling. And this guy was an atheist. So the story goes that, that uh, she kept, kept singing and worshiping God. She, at a certain time, she would just worship God. And she, he knew he didn't have anything. So he felt compelled and went to the uh, Target or, or Publix or whatever and got a couple of grocery bags filled with food and laid it at the doorstep of this woman who was worshiping. 
for a couple days. And then so one day she opened up the, the, the she opened up the, the door and uh and she opened up the door, she's like, Oh my gosh, she saw all this food. She started praising God louder. She's like, God did it, God did it, God did it, worshiping, she's worshiping, and she's worshiping after the things that, that happened for the uh for for, for the for the her, her 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 dry season. So as she's worshiping God, I read this years ago in a book. And she's worshiping God. The atheist comes and says, look, uh, uh, I was hearing you worship. I got to tell you, it wasn't really God. I the one, I'm the one who bought it. And she, she's just ignoring him. Hallelujah. You know how sisters get when they go, oh, hallelujah. Woo. You can't hear anything. You're like, uh, 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 excuse me, ma'am. Uh, uh, no, no. It was me that did it. Oh, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it was me that did it. And, she's, and, she, and she, she's getting frustrated. Ma'am, it was me. It wasn't God. She goes, Lord, I thank you that you did it. And she turned around, and you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. But here's what worship does. <laughs> worship tenderizes your heart. Here's a, here's a revelation. When you worship, when you're in trouble, when all hell's breaking loose, it silences the enemy. Praise silences the enemy. And the last thing that she did, and then we're going to pray. Are you feeling the Holy Spirit encourage you this morning? The second thing that this lady did, put it up there. She never gave up. She never gave up. This woman came from Tyre and Sidon. And when she didn't give up, watch this. I'm going to close with this. After this woman cried out for help. After she cried out for help. Watch this. It's, it's, it's documented in your Bible. After she worshiped. Say after she worshiped. Look at me. Say, after she worshiped. One more time. You got to get this. Say, after she worshiped. You would think there's a, good there's a good ending right here at this moment. It eventually is, but not right now. After she worshiped, you know what Jesus said? Immediately after she worshiped, it's not good to take what's reserved for the children and feed it to the dogs. Yet again. Boom. Silence. Rejection. And now she's worshiping. And she said, and he, she hears, it's not good. For me, for you to get what was reserved for, for the sons and daughters and give it to the dogs. Watch this. What Jesus was talking about there, that, that scripture has been misinterpreted for years. She came from a region of Tyre and Sidon. Okay? That region, I'm going to give you a little Bible lesson right now, was known for the region that Jezebel came from. Tyre and Sidon were a region that wicked Jezebel came from and grew up in. Well, guess what? Jezebel caused Israel to sin so much that what happened is that there was judgment pronounced on Jezebel back in the Old Testament for seducing Israel. Watch this. Follow me. Follow me. And the Bible says that when judgment came finally on Jezebel, that she was thrown out of a high uh, a, a building with a window, and the dogs, dogs ate her bones. Her bones up. With only just a skull in her hands were left. He was referring to this woman coming from that region because he's, he's the same God that was in the Old Testament. He just manifested in the flesh. So now he's saying it's not good to take what's for Israel to Tyre and Sidon, to the dogs. See that? But yet, watch this, watch this. I'm going to close with this. In all that, my God, this woman was persistent. And this is what she saw. Watch this. This is what she did. In the midst of the silence of God, in the midst of the rejection from the church, in the midst, in the midst of calling her a dog, you know what she did? She recognized her spiritual condition where she was at. She lifted up her hands and she said, True Lord, 
But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master table. My God. In other words, I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm a sinner. I understand that I'm not an Israelite. I understand that I've been weak and I've been messed up. I understand that this is a season that I don't understand what's going on in my life. But I understand, too, that the crumbs that fall off your table, the little dogs, eat that. She had faith that the little crumbs of Jesus was enough to deliver her daughter from satanic power. My God, if little crumbs could deliver you from Jesus, how much the whole bread? He is the bread of life. If the crumbs could, if the crumbs could break Satan's back, how much more the whole person could break it? And I'm here to tell you today, when you're going through a breakthrough, when you're contending for a breakthrough for yourself or for your family, the Lord says, stand and worship. No matter if you hear the silence, because when you worship, I'm trying to mature you so that you will walk by feelings or sight or sound. But who I am, I want no strings attached. I want, I am jealous God. And God is going to answer you when you posture your heart right. Everybody say amen. Come on, stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet. Lift up your hands. We're going to worship now. Have you, been, have you been experiencing the silence of God? Have you been experiencing rejection from church people? Have you had hidden sin in your life? The Lord says stand and worship. Continue to cry out. Don't misinterpret this silent season. Don't misinterpret this lack of activity of God. Don't misinterpret those of you who feel that you're not hearing God. This is a purpose to mature you. Come on, lift up your hands. Say God. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.